0: Amen. Okay, so Second Timothy, chapter number two, and then verse number three and four. We'll start by reading this text here. It says, "Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warres entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath." chosen him to be a soldier. Now listen, folks, and I I didn't tell Elijah to sing that song tonight, but it really fits in good with the sermon, so I guess God knew, amen? Amen. But when you become a Christian, you literally are enlisting in the army of the Lord, amen? Amen. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, tells us that Jesus is the captain of our salvation. And here in this text, Paul refers to the Christian as... A soldier. So truly, when an individual trusts Christ as his Savior, he is choosing to be a soldier of the cross. No longer is he his own because he has chosen to place his life under the authority and the direction of another, Jesus Christ. Now, granted, the life of a soldier isn't always easy, is it? Sometimes a soldier must endure some very trying things, some very difficult things, because of the profession that he has chosen. But still he presses on because it is his duty as a soldier, right? Right. This is why Paul tells us, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Sure, listen folks, there are going to be times when doing what God wants you to do is downright difficult and hard, but you know as a good soldier it is not for you to question or complain or to desert your post. Because as a soldier, your aim and your goal is to fulfill the orders of your captain and to please him. You also think about a soldier and You know, one thing that comes to my mind as I think about a soldier, one thing is certain. You will be involved in fighting, will you not? You become a soldier, you're going to be involved in a fight. You're going to be involved in battling and warring. Because that is the nature of a soldier's job. And listen, Christian, that's the nature of the job which you've been called to as a believer. When you become born again into God's family, you become part of the Lord's army, right? you to think that you'd be a soldier in the Lord's army and that you'll not have to face any conflicts, listen, friend, that's only to deceive yourself. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.8, he told him, as he's, much of this book is talking about from an older preacher to a younger preacher, he tells him in, in that verse to war a good warfare. And then in 1 Timothy 6.12, later on, he tells him, fight the good fight of faith, Amen. And so listen, friend, you can be sure that these battles, they're going to come because it's just part of a soldier's job. It's just part of what a soldier has been called to go through as a soldier. But when they do come, listen, Christian, remember that the battles that we have been called to fight as believers are not physical, but spiritual. And spiritual battles must be fought and won in a spiritual way. Remember, as Paul wrote in Ephesians 6.12, he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So don't get yourself off track. And out of focus and in the flesh by fighting with people. Okay, People are not your enemy. The spiritual forces of wickedness are are your enemy. I mean, we may look at what's going on in our country and we may say that Democrats are our enemy. I mean, definitely if we look at what they're promoting and what they're trying to do, certainly they are making themselves our enemy by what they're trying to do. They are against us. But listen, we don't fight against flesh and blood, do we? Our battle is a spiritual one. And so may we not forget who the enemy is. Boy, and I'll tell you what, he's working hard. He is doing everything he can to to turn this country into hell because that is his agenda. And as a good soldier of the Lord, we need to remember we're not called to fight with people, but listen, we're called to fight a spiritual battle for Christ Because those people need Jesus, amen! And they're on their way to hell. You know, as I was considering this, I was thinking, you know, I was reminded of something. Probably some of you have have heard of this before, but when I think about the spiritual battle that we've been called to face, I'm reminded of something that a man named Paul Harvey had said. Keep in mind, this was written in 1965. This is like almost 20 years before I was even born. Okay, people in that day would have never even considered that America would be where it is today. But our country has gone through a spiritual battle that definitely, it, I mean, those spiritual forces of wickedness, they are strongly at work. But look what this man had to say in that day. He said, If I were the devil, that's what it's called. If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I would engulf, want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I would have a third of its real estate and four fifths of its population. But I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, thee. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whisper to Eve, Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized and I'd educate authors and how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed, and with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I'd encourage schools to refine young intellects but neglect to discipline emotions. Just let those run wild. Before you know it, you'd have, to, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Pretty much we do now. <laughs> Within a decade, I'd have, to ha- I'd have prisons overflowing. I think we do now. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Uh, soon I'd, I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the House of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and defy science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I would make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who want and uh, until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. What do you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, and in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be, and thus I could undress you in public and could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. How very right this man was. 1965 is when this man said this. I think probably maybe the one thing he missed is how the homosexual agenda would have been promoted in our country at this stage. I don't think he even foresaw that, but everything else was right on, was it not? Does that not demonstrate to you that we are in a spiritual battle, folks? I'll tell you what, the prince of the power of the air, he is in full tilt. He is doing everything he can to drive this country to the pits of hell. He wants to drag our lost loved ones to hell. He wants to drag our fellow countrymen to hell. He does not want churches to stand up for God, for families to be united together and stand up for God, and for Christians to stand out with the gospel on their lips for Jesus Christ. And you know what? He's going to be working constantly and continually behind the scenes to accomplish his agenda. And most definitely, we can see that happening. All the things he said in that, in that letter, in that broadcast, have pretty much come to pass. And it's not getting any better, is it, folks? We are in a spiritual warfare. If you're a believer here tonight, you are a soldier in the Lord's army. Don't give up the fight, Christian! Hey, listen! As As Elijah said, you're on the winning side. May we not forget that, amen. Amen. We may be living in the last days, but we're still on the winning side. And we need to act like it. And we need to live like it, amen. And so tonight, I want to just dedicate a little bit of time to to look at something about this text. I I want us to consider, may the Lord help us tonight as we think about this, about how to war a good warfare. As good soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. For listen, Christian, that is what your calling is. Not just the pastor's calling. But the calling of every believer is to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And so I want us to consider tonight just a few things about what it means to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. First of all, as I think on this, I notice... The sight of that soldier, his sight. Look with me, if you would, at Romans chapter number 13. Verse 11 and 12. We'll read a couple of scriptures here first to get started on this point. Romans 13 and verse 11 and 12, it says, And that knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. You also look with me, if you would, at uh, 1 Corinthians 16. Uh, chapter 16 and verse number 13. And we're going to use this verse a couple times tonight, so you might want to just mark it. It says, Watch ye, stand fast to the faith, which you like men, be strong. And then also I'd like to read First Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Listen, folks, a good soldier does not sleep on the job, right? A good soldier is sober, he's vigilant, he's watchful, he's careful, he's awake to that which is going on around him, right? And the truth is that a soldier that is not vigilant and watchful like this, you know what's going to happen to him? He's likely going to be taken as a captive of the enemy, or at the least he's going to end up a casualty in the war. And you know what? Neither of those things are good. May God help us to wake up spiritually and to be watchful of that which is going on around us. So that we can be a good soldier fighting the good fight, amen, rather than becoming a casualty or being taken captive by the enemy. And the Lord tries to give us a little insight into this by and sharing the need with us for this to be spiritually awake and watchful by comparing our enemy to a ravenous lion seeking whom he may devour. And certainly, if you were to think about that for just a moment, okay, if you are walking around the plains of Africa with roaring and ravenous lions walking about, how are you going to carry yourself? What do you think? How are you going to carry yourself? Are you Are going to just kind of lazily be walking through the plains out there, taking a nap here, there, and everywhere? I don't think Brother Chad would be doing that. <laughs> I dare say he'd be wide awake, Right? I know I would be. I don't care to get eaten by a a lion, amen, or bitten by a snake or any other such evil thing. But I'd be awake. I'd be extremely careful. And so listen, what he's telling us, Christian, just wake up, amen. Be watchful. be sober, be vigilant, okay? Because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, he wants to devour you. He wants to make you a casual. He wants to ruin your testimony so much that you really can't be used by God. Boy, he just wants to ruin your life. He wants to ruin your marriage. He wants to ruin the churches of God that stand for anything at all. And so may may we wake up and be awake spiritually. Maybe we be alert spiritually and watchful and sober and vigilant because that is the way of a good soldier. I mean, you think about it. Some of these men going into the... These soldiers that we have, brave men and women, that go into these dangerous areas. I mean places where there's Muslims, and, and oftentimes they they strap bombs onto little kids and onto, onto women to try and accomplish their evil purposes. And if for just one second these men let their guard down, their very life is in danger. Listen, to be a good soldier, it means not letting your guard down, Christian. It means being wide awake spiritually, ready for anything that the devil might throw at you because he wants to destroy you. That's his desire. So you've got to have some good sight, amen, to be awake, to be watchful and sober and vigilant because that's the way of a good soldier. I notice also here a good soldier and his stability. Look with me if you would at Galatians chapter 5. Verse number one. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And uh, then you also look again at that verse in Corinthians I told you to mark. uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 16 and verse 13, the first part of the verse says watch ye stand fast in the faith so not only am I to be watchful but I must stand fast I must hold my ground amen and listen friend let me tell you and you know this is the truth if you've watched Christian people for any length of time you watch how the devil will work in people's life you know if you give the uh, the devil an inch He's going to take a mile. I mean, it happens. You've seen it. I know you've seen it. The truth is, it often is difficult to near impossible to regain that ground once it is lost to the enemy. And it's so very sad when that happens, but oftentimes it does. So stand fast. That means stand firm, amen? Stand in such a way where somebody's not going to be able to budge you kind of like in your mind when you think about physically speaking, I can remember when the little boys were little um, when we were missionaries I'd get a cushion Miss Linda, off the couch and I'd say, hut hut! and they'd come running as fast as they could and I'd brace myself like this I'd stand fast, you know and they'd run as fast as they could dive into that cushion <laughs> and since I wasn't budging, they'd bounce right off <laughs> that's the way God wants us to be, standing fast, amen So that when the attacks of the devil come at us, they just bounce right off. May God help us to stand firm and to stand fast in our faith. Amen. You know, I remind you of a text in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 11 through 12. I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but in that text, there's an Old Testament man by the name of Shammah. And Shammah was a man who stood firm in his beliefs and his convictions. And the Bible tells us this mighty man of God, he stood firm, he stood fast in his lentil patch, and he refused to give one inch of that territory to the enemy. The enemy came, and what did he do? Shammah stood in the middle of that pea patch, and everyone that came his way, boy, he slew them. And the Bible says that he wrought a great victory for the Lord. Why? Why? Because he said the enemy is not getting one inch of my lentil patch. They're not getting one pea. They're not stepping one foot on this territory because this is the property that God has given me. And I'm not going to give up one inch of it, amen. And so God brought a great victory through that man. Christians, that is the way that God wants us to be. Listen, folks, that is the way of a good soldier of the Lord. And if we're going to be a good soldier, we've got to determine that we're going to just stand fast in our faith. And that's not just for you personally. That's for you personally. That's for our families. Our families need to stand fast in their faith as well. Our church needs to stand fast in its faith. Really, our country needs to get back to standing fast in its faith. Amen. And so we've got to determine to stand fast in our faith. And not to compromise not to give in to the enemy even to the littlest tiniest bit because you know what when you do the enemy will generally take a whole lot more and I've seen it time and time again I mean you just look at many of the great churches of the past I mean, wonderful churches, soul-winning churches, godly music, King James Bible, separated and dressed. I mean, they just really were on fire for God. And at some point in time down the road, they started to compromise. And before you know it, it was all gone, and now they're just completely contemporary, and and I would doubt that they preach much of anything in those churches anymore. I think of one church specifically. I think of... uh, The church that Lee Robertson was a pastor of out there where Tennessee Temple was. Boy, it was one of the greatest churches of the day. I mean, God was using a man in a mighty way to do a great thing. And now it's a full-blown rock concert every Sunday. if If they're even open anymore, I haven't heard much out of it lately. But what they've got going on now is a church. It's a social club with a rock concert. Listen, folks, it starts that way and it doesn't get any better. And I'll tell you, I've seen it with numerous, numerous churches, numerous Christians as well. Once you start the slide, it doesn't get better. It just gets worse and worse and worse. And so God says, listen, be a good soldier. Just stand firm and say, I'm not giving one inch to the devil. Amen. But I'm going to stand firm in my convictions. If it's what God I'm going to stand on it and I'm not going to budge. I'm not giving up the old King James Bible. I'm not putting stinking drums on the stage. I'm going to have godly music in this place, amen. And I'm going to dress in a godly way. And I'm going to act in a godly way, amen. Because I'm not giving in to the devil. Listen, folks. We need to get back to that place where we're going to stand firm and stand fast as good soldiers of the Lord. How many we've watched fall by the wayside in our day, have we not? People that you know, people that you saw go to good churches, that knew how to dress right, that knew how to act right, that knew how to carry a good Bible and listen to good godly music. And where are they now? They've fallen by the wayside. They've compromised. And boy, they gave the devil that inch and he took a mile. And they're, they're 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 so far off path where they their life has come to a place where it just is not what God wanted. Oh, may God help us. May we determine to be that good soldier of Jesus Christ. Yes, if we're going to be that good soldier, it's going to involve us having that proper sight, sober, vigilant, awake, watchful. That's going to involve us having that good stability, standing firm and standing fast where God wants us to, not willing to budge. But I also notice here it's going to involve there's a special type of spirit. I notice the spirit of a good soldier. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, it tells us, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, which you like men, Be strong. Notice that phrase, quit you like men. That phrase carries the idea of being courageous, being bold as we stand fast in fighting the good fight of faith. You know, I'm reminded as I was thinking of this, I was reminded of that great Old Testament man of faith, Caleb Boy, what a great testament. I love reading about Caleb in the Old yes, Testament. Man. And you read about this man, you see that when all the other spies except for Joshua had come back and said, We can't possess the land. The cities are walled. The giants are big. We can't do it. And the Bible says that Caleb stilled the people and said, Let's go up and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it, for the Lord is with us. What a man of God, courageous, a spirit of courage and boldness. But all the rest of the people in fear said, we can't do it, it's too difficult. You look on a little bit later in the testimony of this man, Caleb, and of course all the rest of this generation died off in the wilderness during a period of 40 years. Caleb did not die. Uh, Because of his spirit, God allowed him to live to see the entering in of the promised land. And in Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, God testifies concerning Caleb that he had another spirit than that of all the rest. He had another spirit. You see, he had a bold and courageous spirit to do the work of God and to do work for God. And then you look at Joshua chapter 14 and verse 10 through 12. And at the nice young age of 85 years old, we find that Caleb is still standing strong with that courage and that spirit. And he tells Joshua, as they're opening up the promised land, he tells Joshua, he says, give me my mountain. Now, granted, he didn't want just any mountain. He wanted the one that was covered with the Anakims. You study your Bible, you know the Anakims are giants. (laughs) So Ahab, uh, not Ahab, Caleb didn't come in and say, well, give me this little town over here with all the midgets in it, Brother Bill. He says, no, Brother Joshua, I still believe God, amen. And I've still got that spirit of boldness and courage. So hey, I may be 85 years old, but I want you to give me my mountain. And I want you to give me the one that's covered with all those giants, amen. (laughs) Because I still want to do a work for God. Praise the Lord. Listen, may God help us to possess such a spirit as that, because that is the spirit of a good soldier. To be bold, to be courageous, to be willing to stand in your faith, even when everybody else is falling away. And I'll tell you what, we live in a generation of people that are falling away. It takes a little bit of boldness. It takes a little bit of courage to stand up and say, you know what, even if nobody else lives for God, I'm going to. Even if at my job place, I'm the only one that says I'm a Christian and actually acts like it, I'm still going to act like a Christian. And I'm still going to live out my testimony before them on the job place. Because even if everybody else falls away, I'm going to have the spirit of a good soldier, and I am going to boldly and courageously, by faith, live my life for Jesus Christ. Until the day that Jesus comes. Amen. Listen, that is the spirit of a good soldier. That's a spirit that ought to permeate in us as as Christians. So we see here the sight of a good soldier, the stability of the good soldier, also the spirit of a good soldier. I want you to notice number four the steadfastness or the stamina of a good soldier. Look at Philippians chapter chapter 3, verse number 14. Apostle Paul is writing this and he says I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Do you notice the attitude of Brother Paul here? He says I press toward the mark. That word press there carries the idea that he is continually pressing toward the mark. In other words, the Apostle Paul was just determined that come what may, I'm going to keep on pressing on for God. Amen. He told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. He said, I know he knew that his day of departing was coming soon in verse 6. And then he says this in verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You see, the Apostle Paul did not let up, and he did not give up. But we find him, um, we find in him the testimony of a good soldier that come what may, he's going to just keep on fighting the fight of faith. Amen. And he did so until the Lord called him home. Listen, folks, truly, if we will be good soldiers of the Lord Jesus we too must determine to just keep on keeping on for the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what other people are doing, no matter what other churches are doing, just determine we're going to just keep on keeping on for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I'll tell you what, uh, that is the calling that God has placed on our life, to just keep on keeping on until we've finished our course here. You know, I was... Um, as I was thinking about this today, I, I remembered a, I have a little article that Curtis Hudson had written called Don't Quit. And it kind of deals with this, this, uh, this aspect of just being steadfast in our faith. And this is the way that God wants us to be. He, he wrote here, he said, the difference between winners and losers is not talent but determination. One of Andrew Jackson's boyhood friends said, I could throw Andrew nine times out of ten, but he would, wouldn't stay thrown." <laughs> In other words, he wouldn't quit. He kept getting up. A football coach put two players on the field and asked one to tackle the other, then instructed the other to do his best to keep from being tackled. The one instructed to do the tackling knocked his opponent down in a moment. The opponent got up again. He was immediately knocked down. As fast as he could get up, the bigger, stronger boy knocked him down. He was knocked down so many times that he could hardly get up but he kept getting up. Finally, the coach stopped the two and then addressed the football team, saying, now that's the way I want you to be. One young man excitedly said, you mean like Bill, who could tackle Jim immediately and kept tackling him time and time again? No, said the coach. I want you to be like Jim. Keep getting up, no matter how many times you're tackled. Here's a little statement I remember reading in one of my school books 40 years ago. It simply said, if at first you don't succeed, try and try again. Abraham Lincoln said, I do the very best I know how, the very best I can, and I mean to keep doing so. His life is the best example of his own words. And it says here, consider the chronology of his life. I've not studied this, I'm just reading the list that's on this, this article. It says in 1831 he failed in business. In 1832 he was defeated for legislature. In 1833, again failed in business. 1834, elected to the legislature. 1835, his sweetheart died. 1836, he had a nervous breakdown. 1838, he was defeated for speaker. 1840, defeated for elector. 1843, defeated for congress. 1846, elected to Congress. 1848, defeated for Congress. 1855, defeated for Senate. 1856, defeated for Vice President. 1858, defeated for Senate. 1860, elected President of the United States of America. And truly, Abraham Lincoln, I think all of us would agree, and here's probably one of the greatest presidents our country has ever had. Dr. Lee Robertson said that Dr. Faulkner visited one family more than 60 times trying to get them to come to church. After 60-something visits, the couple finally came. They both were saved. As a result, many others were won to Jesus Christ. Brother Hudson here says, I recall witnessing to one man 15 or 20 times. As a matter of fact, I'd almost given up on him. I'd decided to go by and make one more visit. When When he answered the door, I said, Bill, I felt like I should come by and visit you one more time. Don't you think it's about time you trusted Christ as your Savior? He replied, I don't see why I should wait any longer. Then and there he trusted Christ. The next Sunday he joined the church and I baptized him. He became a faithful member, donated money to the church and helped with many important projects. He writes here also, when Muhammad Ali fought Joe Fraser in Manila, a fight which became known as the Thrilla in Manila, He barely pulled out a victory. After the fight, Ali said that Frazier had hit him so hard and so many times that he felt he was completely gone. He had hardly any strength left. Near the end of the fight, he almost gave up. With only a few rounds left, Ali said, I went to the well one more time. In other words, he refused to quit, and in the last few rounds, he edged out a victory. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. wisely said The test of a man's character is what it takes to stop him. Refuse to give up. Keep trying. Don't quit. It's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog that matters. Hey, may God help us, folks, to be steadfast in our faith and come what may, determine I'm just not giving up. Amen? I'm going to just keep on for Christ. Amen? And so we see here his sight, his stability, his spirit, his steadfastness. Notice number five, his strength. If you look again at 1 Corinthians chapter number 16 and verse number 13. Watch ye stand fast in the faith which you like men. And then he says this, be strong. Look also with me, if you would, at Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Notice in both of these verses that we are called to be strong. But we're not called, listen friend, we're not called to be strong in ourselves, are we? But as Paul writes in Ephesians, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You see, in the Lord's army, think about this now, this is important. It is the Lord that supplies the strength Amen. and the might to fight the fight and to keep on keeping on for Jesus. So praise the Lord. Amen. Even when the times are tough. Even when the days are difficult. I still know that Philippians 4.13 is still in the book. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And also one of my life verses 1 Thessalonians 5.24. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. You see in me. And within my own strength and ability, I cannot succeed. I'm just a weak thing. I am unable. But in Him, in Christ, according to His strength and according to His ability, listen, Christian, I cannot lose. (laughs) Praise the Lord. When I have surrendered to His strength and ability, I am sure to succeed in the fight of faith. And so listen, the good soldier is strong, but he's not strong in himself. He is strong in the Lord, and that enables him to keep on keeping on, to keep fighting the good fight of faith for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see his strength. And I want you to notice lastly, I see here his selflessness. Okay, so if you look with me at at Philippians chapter number 2, we'll read verse 1 through 8. If there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bounds of mercy, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. As we read through these verses, do you not notice The selfless testimony of the captain of our salvation, Jesus Christ. What a selfless testimony. Everything about him was humble. Everything about him that he did was not about him. It was about you and it was about me. And he instructs us that, that we, as his soldiers, should follow in his steps and be selfless like he was selfless. He says, in lowliness of mind, let us esteem each better than themselves. And let this mind, that means this attitude, let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The attitude of a minister, the attitude of a servant, the attitude of selflessness, putting others before yourself. Now granted, folks, there may be many soldiers that don't serve this way, but certainly a good soldier is one that operates in a selfless manner. He operates for the good of the unit, right? He operates for the good of the commander's orders. And he acts in a selfless manner. That is a good soldier. And we Christians are called to emulate the the selfless character of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and to serve and to care and to minister to those who are our brothers in the battle, amen? When one gets down, what should you do? Leave him to himself? No, go help him. Go lift him up. Go minister to them, amen? Jesus even said, He that will be chiefest among you and greatest among you, he will be minister of all, right? (laughs) Something he tried to teach his disciples over and over again. And so may the Lord enable us to be good soldiers, By selflessly serving and ministering to those among us as well as those around us outside of this old world, just like the Lord Jesus Christ did. And so, listen, this is is what a good soldier is, right? He has that proper sight, he has that stability, that firmness, he has that bold and courageous spirit. He has that steadfastness. He's not given up. He's going to keep on keeping on. He has that strength that he finds only in his Savior and the captain of his salvation. And he has that selflessness that he emulates, that he sees in the captain of his salvation. Christians, may God help us to be the good soldier of Jesus Christ that he wants for us to be. As we all stand to our feet tonight, heads bowed, and eyes closed. Again, comes to play. The Lord spoken to your heart. The altar is open. Maybe you want to just come forward and pray and say, Lord, Lord, I so want this. I just want to keep on keeping on for you. I just want to keep, I just want to be that good soldier. I know the days are getting difficult and the days are getting hard. But Lord, help me. Help me, God, to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. The Lord spoke into your heart about this tonight. The altar's open, and as the piano begins to play, I hope you'll just come tonight and pray. Maybe you want to just come and and dedicate or rededicate and say, God, I'm determined that from here on out I am going to be that good soldier of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to do my very best in the Lord's army. The Lord spoke into your heart. You come and pray. The altar is open.